Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Hey, it's the Growing in Grace podcast. I'm Joel Verizaki along with Mike Kepler. Cap, over to you. Hey, how's it going, Joel? It's going you having a good, good Christmas. Oh, it's it was good. I got everything I wanted except <laughs> except the things. World you peace. Been, you must have been good this year. I didn't get world peace. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah. Same as you. I got everything I deserved and then some. <laughs> well, then I don't know. Was Santa right after all? <laughs> He's going to find out. I didn't say whether it was good or bad. I was going to say, did he, did he find out if you were naughty or nice? <laughs> you know, people people ask sometimes, why why do you do this podcast? Why, why do you guys do this thing? Well, I can't speak for Joel, but you got to understand, as a, as a kid growing up, I spent a lot of time around my, my mom. My parents were separated on and off, um, spent time with my grandma later on, you know, got married and had two daughters now we have a granddaughter and being around all these women this is the only place where i can actually get a word in um by the way ladies i only just kidding Um, (laughs) no he's serious folks no (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm a little serious but not really uh wouldn't trade it for anything um joel we did take sort of a mini break last week with the christmas program although we did mention some things about justification which we've been talking about since program number 778 if you're going to growingingrace.org 778 starts our series on paul and james and the topic of justification and whether they agreed or disagreed that's where we've been and we're going to pick up from there but since we did take a little break I'd like to just give a little summary. I won't be able to go into great detail because we've covered a lot of this already, but I want to try and help people connect with the headlines, connect the dots here a little bit on some of the more significant things we've been talking about. So here we go, and then I'll I'll get Joel back in here. So hopefully you can hang in here with me for a few minutes uh, while Joel sips his coffee. Um, When James wrote his letter, it was determined by most historians to be one of the earliest, perhaps the earliest book written in the New Testament. It was the first one that was written. And I know sometimes we look at books like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we just sort of assume that there was some sort of a scribe over in the corner writing everything down (laughs) while it was happening, but it may have been decades later when these were actually put on paper. Uh, So James, one of the earliest books, and when he wrote that, he was writing, as he mentions, to the scattered believers, the, the Jews who were scattered about. Many were scattered because of persecution during that time. That's who he was writing to. This would have been in round figures, let's just call it close to a decade after the cross when James wrote that book. And you know what? Gentiles weren't even on his radar back then. Uh, we found that out through the things that we've covered in past programs. He may not have even realized that Gentiles were uh, available or considered uh, people who could be saved. He couldn't relate to that at that time. He also assumed the law, the law of Moses, was still in place for Jews to adhere to, in addition to believing in Jesus, or it may have been the law was still in place and you needed the plus Jesus factor. Yes, he knew that uh, once you broke the law, you were guilty of uh, breaking all of it, um, and that's why Jesus was needed. But believing alone 
wasn't enough. Works would be the proof in the pudding in order to complete the justification process. In other words, there was availability for boasting if justification was included with faith plus works. There was no blood mentioned in the book of James too. something else to keep in mind as he was addressing these Jews in the way that he was. Once he and his group at the Jerusalem church saw that Gentiles could be saved, remember Acts 15, they made the same assumption that they, many of those people in the group of James, from that church, they believed that the Jews who had been uh, still adhering to the law, and I should mention that, you know, in the early church, the, the leaders didn't believe that the law didn't exist anymore. Paul brought that revelation later. And so these people thought, well, look, we're still under this thing, and even though Gentiles haven't been under it, they shouldn't be free from this bondage. They should join with us, and they, they should also be under the law and be circumcised. After debating it, James would judge or release an opinion that he felt that, okay, it won't be required for Gentiles to be under the law, but they should. But then, but then he suggested they should be encouraged to visit the nearby synagogue where they could hear the law being read every Sabbath. Even then, it was being read every Sabbath for those Jewish people, implying that Gentiles would be better off including it with faith. Continuing on, we, we find in Galatians chapter 1, Paul challenges the churches that he was writing to in Galatia, and he was kind of amazed at how easily they could have been uh, turned from grace to works by those who were perverting the gospel of Christ. Who were those people? I'll get to that in a second. Notice during Paul's three years after he was saved, after he had that uh, Damascus Road experience, he spent several years avoiding other apostles, avoiding other people, and just learning the gospel by revelation through Jesus Christ. Uh, he did spend a little time with Peter for a couple of weeks, I think, and then he also mentions having met with James at that time. Two of those apostles, Peter and James, he would mention in Galatians chapter 2, he would call them out and not in a positive light. And so I, I just I wanted to slip that in because Paul states that the Judaizers, these were people who came from James. He names them. They came from James. They came in to spy out liberty. They came to bring people back into bondage, even Gentiles being circumcised and so forth. And then we see in Galatians chapter 2, a little further down there, Peter is called out for his hypocrisy regarding Jew and Gentile because, you see, Peter knew better. He understood that he, uh, because of his revelation that came along with the Gentiles, he was there putting out information so that Gentiles could be blessed with the gospel. But then when the people from James would come around, then he would kind of shrink away and go back with them because he feared them. He was under peer pressure from those Jewish legalists, and uh, he would kind of go and hang out with them. He wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore, and Paul called him out on that. So Paul makes it clear in, in Galatians uh, chapter 2, starting with verse 14, that both Jew and Gentile are made righteous and justified by faith, not by works of the law. Including when he says we, he's talking about we Jews, the same as the Gentiles, saved by grace through faith. It's not based on works. It's ju we're justified by faith. He makes that point. He hammers it home. Why is this a big deal? Because earlier in, in Galatians chapter two, James kind of you know gave Paul and his group the right hand of fellowship, as it says, and says, look, you you deal with the Gentiles. We're going to deal with the Jews. Well, why would James say that? Because they believed the law was still in place, and that was a dividing line. 
Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, that was taken away by Jesus Christ himself, that dividing wall, that law of commandments. It was taken away. There was no longer Jew and Gentile, but many in the early church still felt this way. The law was still a factor when it really probably shouldn't have been. So, the Jews, as Paul was trying to communicate, died to the law. The Gentiles didn't need to die to it because they were never under it, but they were seeking to be perfected by the flesh. And then we come to something we haven't gotten to yet here, Joel. And, and so I just want to point out, though, again, some of the things that James said, you aren't just justified by faith, but by works. He didn't know Gentiles were getting saved the way that they were back in Acts chapter 15, and many of his group, including former Pharisees, disagreed that they shouldn't be under the law. They, they thought they should have been. So, again, that James still believed the law was in place for the Jews, but there's only one gospel. There's not a separate gospel for Jew and Gentile, but many in the early church thought that way. And then James, of course, is called out and mentioned uh, a couple of times in uh, Galatians chapter 2, again, not in a positive light, and we're not criticizing James here. Don't misunderstand. We're just trying to make a point about how Paul brought a different revelation of the gospel to people who didn't really have a full understanding of it yet. Uh, and then we're going to come to Acts chapter 21, where finally Paul comes to Jerusalem again. Here's what it says. He, when he came to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. On the following day, Paul went in with us to, here he is again, to James, and all the elders were present. And when he had greeted them, he told them in detail those things God had been doing among the Gentiles through his ministry. Well, they were about to go on after that. You can read it for yourself, and maybe we'll get to it eventually. But this group of elders and James convinced Paul to go through an old covenant ceremony, which would include sacrifice, by the way, which would eventually lead to his arrest, which would keep him in, in chains, uh, or at least house arrest, for many years. Yeah, well... <clears throat> That was a good summary of what we've uh, been leading up to. Your mom, your wife, your daughters, and your granddaughters would be proud <laughs> of you. <laughs> I got a word in. You got a word in. Yay. Uh, so, yeah, that, but that is, I mean, that's um, a good summary. Uh, and, and hopefully this will help if a person has been listening and, and just not sure still of what we're talking about. So much evidence here in the scriptures of James. And again, we're not down on James. We're just saying that at the time that he wrote his epistle, he wrote his epistle, you know, before all these, you know, a lot of these things were still happening. He was still under the impression that people needed to keep the law. And that's when he wrote his epistle. That's why he wrote the things that he wrote in his epistle. Paul wrote things that were quite the opposite. Like what you said, that there's no message of blood in James' epistle. And salvation, justification, righteousness, it's all by faith and works mixed together, which is quite the opposite of what Paul says. Paul has a big message of grace and salvation, forgiveness, righteousness, by faith apart from works. So we're up to Acts 21, and some things had happened. Some more time had gone by, years had gone by. And here we find more evidence that we say um, he had come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. This is um, Acts twenty one seventeen. We'll get more into this next week in, in case there's anything else that you wanted to add about this, Cat. But it says, On the following day, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present. When he had greeted them, he told in detail those things which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. So God was doing wonderful things through the Gentiles. Proof here 
that the Gentiles were included in the gospel, in the new covenant. Proof that the Gentiles were included in, in salvation, not just the Jews. Gentiles were included too. And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord and they said to him, You see, brother, how many myriads of Jews there are who have believed, and they are all zealous for the law. But they have been informed about you, Paul, that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, (laughs) saying that they not circumcise their children or not walk according to the customs. What then? The assembly must certainly meet, for they will hear that you have come. So there's this big you know, circumstance arise when Paul comes, because they're like, we've been able to do this thing where we're teaching salvation by grace through faith plus works. Uh, Now Paul's here. uh, You know, we need to have Paul just kind of, you know, be a little bit hush-hush about what he's saying. And in fact, here's what we want him to do. Verse 23, therefore do what we tell you. We have four men who have taken a vow. Take them and be purified with them and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads and that uh, all may know that those things of which they were informed concerning you are nothing but that you yourself also walk orderly and keep the law. We'll have to get more into this next week because our time is up for this one, but there's more evidence right here, more evidence that James and the other brethren were still believing that the law was still necessary to keep in order to be saved and They were trying to get Paul here to do some things in the law. So we'll get into that more next week, right here as our series on James and Paul and faith and work continues on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.